Hi, I'm Amy Kluber. We're live at HIMSS, and I have with me a fabulous whole panel of NIST researchers doing some really cool work around uh, data security in the health space. So I'm going to go around the table here. David, why don't we start with you? Introduce yourself and what you do. So I'm I'm in the group manager of the Secure Systems and Applications Group, and in particular, my specialty is access control and authorization management, where I've done research in that area for 35 years. Awesome. Josh? My name is uh, Josh Roberts. I work at NIST with Dave, um, primarily on access control systems, uh, namely next-generation access control, and implements kind of any ideas that Dave comes up with. Cool. And I'm Chris Compton. I'm a cybersecurity specialist at NIST, and I work with the team, of course. I have a background in informatics, about 25 years. Awesome. Hi, I'm Joanna DeFranco, and I have a faculty appointment at NIST, and I'm also an associate professor of software engineering at Penn State University. Awesome. Great to meet you guys. I know you guys had a panel earlier, and you presented on uh, kind of a new model you're doing around uh, data security. Um, so I really want to get into that in a second. But first, I'd like to start with just kind of a, a big picture. What are some of the biggest security trends you're seeing right now in the health space? What's top of mind for you? We can jump in wherever you would like. One of the first things that comes to mind, of course, is um, sharing patient data and being able to have that be the most mobile possible. I think there's a lot of pressure to, to you know, the traditional view of, data in a vault is no longer applicable. It has to be shared and move around and, and be in everyone's hands. Definitely. Kind of a reigning theme at Hims too, especially yes. in the context of interoperability, and which is why I wanted to talk to you guys about more of the security side, since you can't really forget about that. <laughs> Any other things that are top of mind in the health space? Well, it's uh, so that security trends... We're, um, we're not really sure exactly what was the highest, but health information is very valuable. And in fact, it's someone who told me that it's like 50 times more valuable than a credit card. So patients, we need to share that, that data. It needs to be, it, it needs to be protected for not only privacy reasons, but for identity fraud. And, uh, and at the same time, the patient needs to be in control. They need to be able to have access. They need to be able to say who can and can't have access to my records, not only the, the, the record itself, but what portions of the record under what circumstances. Right. Absolutely. So I guess taking those two things into account, talk through what some of the challenges are in, in the health and research organizations when it comes to sharing data. You know, it's more than just being able to do it, but then you have the security implications there. So I guess talk through what that looks like. Well, of course, you know, it's a barrier to research if you can't share the data. And also it's it's a it prevents thorough research if you can't keep the information up to date once it's been shared as well. So those are, are challenges. And, you know, if you try to collaborate between institutions, it becomes hard because each one has their own culture, their own ways of doing things. The technology that they use is very different. Um, so we're looking at ways that we can level that a bit so that the, the sharing is less of a burden. Okay. 
Um, so one, one of the other challenges is like data formats. When you want to exchange data, depending on the organization it comes from, it could be in a different format. It could be in a database. It could be a file. Uh, it could be non-structured data. So one of the things we like to focus on is that our uh, infrastructure can support any format um, because we uh, prioritize keeping the data where it resides and not actually transmitting it anywhere. Um, so if it's in a database, it can stay in the database. It doesn't have to leave it. Or if it's in a file system, it can stay there. We just facilitate the access to the data instead of actually transmitting it. Right. Okay. And I think part of the uh, reason that the healthcare providers uh, have a challenge in sharing their data is because of the security and privacy rules. And uh, our solution can uh, help, I guess, uh, implement the okay. rules that they have for security and privacy. Right. Yeah. So the big, I guess, the, the, the elephant in the room is interoperability, because as Josh just mentioned, that data comes in different formats, is managed under different schemes. How do you share that across organizations? So the approach we take is that you don't transmit the data, you don't exchange the data, you actually we provide a uniform method of accessing the data where it currently resides. And it turns out to be a lightweight solution. It's, it's, uh, um, it's uh, much more efficient than transmitting the, um, transmitting the data where you would actually have to continue protecting the data. So it needs to be labeled and the, the, the recipient of the data needs to respect your policies and access fiduciary of your, your, your data and um, that makes people feel very uncomfortable. So let's go into that solution a little bit. I, um, I actually attended your panel, so I, I heard a little bit about it. I heard a lot of technical things that I might not quite understand just from a practical sense. I'm not a data scientist at all. But uh, so it's called the Secure Federated Data Sharing System. What is it and how, how is it kind of enabling this data sharing effort that you are putting forth? So the, the SFDS infrastructure is just a way to facilitate the exchange of access control, basically. Um, so our underlying, <clears throat> our underlying goal is to exchange attributes, not data. Uh, so we exchange uh, user attributes um, across a trusted federation. Um, so this isn't like a public network. It's a network of identified and verifiable organizations that want to collaborate with each other. And instead of transmitting data back and forth, uh, we transmit the attributes and grant users in the federation access to the data kind of in the local environment and then give them a means to access that data. But that ensures that the owner of the data, whichever organization stores the data, still has complete control over the data access control policies on the data and can control who can access it and under what conditions they can access it. Those attributes enable the trust of why you can trust someone to come to be onboarded into your, your organization. Sure. Okay. So, so the idea is that each local, each organization has their own access control um, system in front of it, and ours is, is database and application agnostic. We call it next-generation database access. And... Uh, and it's based on the attributes users have. So what we're able to do is we're able to have a, a, a catalog of attributes that the Federation all agrees upon and specifies their policies in terms of, 
And then all we need to do is exchange those attributes amongst users on a consensus basis. And then we're able to onboard them using those, their, their attributes and identities, giving those, giving them access into, to, into local, into the local resources underneath the, the host organization's own policies. Yep. So. Okay. And I, I think one of the important aspects of the federated data sharing is that as you scale this up to more institutions, you know, say you're in a collaboration that includes 20 to 25 institutions, moving data from place to place is just prohibitive. So this allows the data scientists, you know, you want to be as close to the data as you can get without other people changing that and doing things with it. This gives you the ability to go to each of those locations and get what you're allowed to access. Okay. So uh, something I think I understand from the panel earlier was um, this is, it's kind of a solution that enables different, or I heard like disparate sources to kind of be able to seamlessly be able to share data and then in the end, in an interesting way, kind of the healthcare <laughs> research. Okay. Yeah. And trust. So where do you see this tool really thriving? I guess, what, what is your end goal for what the ideal situation of what this tool is going to really do in the healthcare space? Enhance collaboration comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, in, in the healthcare space, I would think that this, or I expect this to be very useful for academic institutions, particularly if they share a grant across institutions and they need to work on a project together, this gives them the ability to set up that data sharing arrangement so that they can get focus on the research and not building an infrastructure and writing custom applications to deliver data. And having one single database center. Exactly. So this ensures the integrity of the data will set. Awesome. So um, the, the framework itself is really amenable to sharing data across a variety of different use cases and collaborations. Um, it can be used for law enforcement, um, counterterrorism. There's, a, there's no end to the ways it can be used, even within an organization itself. It can be broken up into to various organizational components and sharing. Um, sharing can do. It's just that we believe that there was like a, a low-hanging fruit with sharing clinical clinical data, and and we thought that there's uh, um, that we would be able to apply this technology in the hopes that it can be used to foster collaboration for clinical for clinical research. There's when we started off early in our research, we were looking at using it to share medical records across organizations where a patient could actually say, I like my, my medical record to, um, to be shared with organization um, B, and they can issue consent. They can say which, which aspects of their record they want to share or prohibit from being sharing, and it, worked, and, and it really worked nicely. We had a nice demonstration, but there's this thing called FIRE, and that's pretty much the way things work. And it's a kind of an uphill battle to, to introduce a new technology. Maybe if we introduce it like five, six years ago, we would be more, more successful in that space. But there are plenty of other 
ripe areas where we can apply the technology. And we believe with, with Chris as our advisor, he recommends that we use it in this space because there's a void in medical, clinical medical research. Awesome. Yeah, because, you know, the interoperability aspect of FIRE is really focused on patient care and care delivery. Um, and in, in those instances, you're, you're transferring patient information in order to facilitate care at another institution. And in this case, there's a lot of difficulty in just, you know, you can't do analytics using FIRE um, based on the way it's formatted. So there, the scientists that are working with the data are looking at ways to get into the databases. And this allows that to happen. Awesome. So I guess final question that to kind of wrap things up. How do you see data really or technology more broadly kind of making a difference in, in healthcare as it stands today with all the discussions happening at HIMSS with interoperability, all the opportunities, I guess, out there with like AI and how data plays into AI? Kind of where do you see the next boon of tech? I really think, so like to stick with the, the same theme, it's really, you know, all of these technologies like AI and uh, the need for the data in order to use those models and, and make decisions, you need to be able to move that to different places. And if we're still stuck with the vault mentality, we're not going to be able to unlock those things and, and get the data where it needs to be to be analyzed. So I think that mobility is extremely important. And technology is a force multiplier. So if we get better at that, then that allows us to provide more access to care um, and faster access to care. Uh, we can also work on the costs of that and the quality of the care that we deliver. Fantastic. Well, I'm sure it's exciting times in health and tech right now. And so thank you for speaking with me about some of this uh, work that's going on behind the scenes of what many might not be thinking about as far as what it takes to share data. So really fascinating. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. HealthCast, along with GovCast and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at govcio.com. <laughs>